0: Yes, John, Adam is on vacay, but it's all good. It's all good. Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wynn here solo today, joined by my guy up from Mile High Sports from YouTube. What's going on, man? Mm,
1: man, we live in it. We live in, You know, just living the life of an NBA champion, man. Uh, not as great as you uh, living up in the locker room with a cigar and all that, man. But I did a great <laughs> job this year. Enjoyed the coverage, bro.
0: I got a lot of hate for that. A picture of me smoking a cigar in the locker room but i'm glad you enjoyed it man
1: yeah i remember yeah people were saying you know we're we're the good old days of, of reporters and writers you know kind of being the fourth wall and not the other one. I'm like, all
0: right, i don't to tell you bro we're from colorado man waiting a long time for this one i think i got kicked out of the capital j journalism society because of that completely kicked <laughs> out i'm banished i'm done <laughs> 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 whatever though um yeah Guys, we got a fun show today. I am I feel like this is the last day I want to talk about like big summer league takeaways because we haven't had a show since uh, the Nuggets wrapped up summer league play over the weekend. So I want to just go over, you know, me and Swipe as big summer league takeaways. uh, Hunter Tyson just named to first team all summer league. So we're going to talk about him. Could he actually play for the Nuggets next season? We'll see. Um, and then the Nuggets also signed another two-way player, Jay Huff, who I'm actually kind of excited about. So I'll give a little scatter report on him. And then Swipa is going to give me his five biggest takeaway – or his five – not takeaways, five biggest storylines heading into Nuggets' regular season coming up in a couple months. I'm curious to see what he's got on the top of his mind. But let's just go back to Summer League real quick. Um I know you were locked into it, Swipe. I know, I know you were watching Summer League. What's maybe your biggest takeaway to come out of Summer League that, that you still have on your mind today?
1: Yeah. You know, going after the draft when the Nuggets took Hunter Tyson, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't – of all the three prospects they grabbed, he was the one I was, like, least excited about. I think, like, a lot of people, you know – I think everybody kind of like, you know, looks at his game and 37th overall pick, six foot eight, man, this feels like a Tyler Lydon pick, you know? And I think everybody still has residue of that former draft. And, but the funny thing was, is, you know, he had 15 and 10 at Clemson, 41% from three. He's a, you know, he works hard. Like he's a very tenacious player. Like he plays at a high level. He knows his role and he really tried to buy into that. So it's funny, as soon as summer league started, watching him rebound the ball and make smart plays. Like, I think it changed the way that we not only looked at him as a player, but even looked at all three of the draft picks with Jalen Pickett and with Julian Strother. Uh, Mm -hmm. Julian Strother, man, he kept getting better as summer league went on. Remember, he started off really rough as a three-point shooter, but he just kept living in the system and kept doing what he does best, would get off the dribble, get that little, little floater he does, He would shoot the ball, like, when he had an opportunity. He would take risky shots here and there. But, man, like, just his ability to get to his spots. And I thought Jalen with Colin, I really thought they had a nice balance that they figured out as Summer League went on, and then they would start to stagger to both of them. And there were really some interesting prospects that they had on the team as well. So I wasn't expecting, like, a lot of team success because, you know, and we didn't get to Peyton Watson. I mean, even Peyton Watson, you got a chance to see him on ball more. So I think you got a chance to see – what these players offer individually that can fit into the nugget system, I just don't think it's a team, it necessarily made sense. I don't know if the product, in terms of what's going to affect winning and losses, was something to be looked at.
0: Yeah, it's funny. They lost their first three games, then won their last two against a lot of teams that were rusting a lot of their guys. Right. But I, I do feel like they found some stuff in those second couple games where like Julian Strother started hitting shots. Uh, I feel like Jalen Pickett took more command of the offense. Um, but that all seems like kind of little stuff compared to what Hunter Tyson did because yeah. that was the central story of Nuggets Summer League. And it comes out earlier today, earlier Monday morning, that he was selected to first-team all-Summer League, which right. is a nice capper on it. And it's still kind of crazy considering he came off the bench those first two games of Summer League. Um right. But I mean, if you just look at his stats, almost 21 points per game at Summer League, he shot 54% from the field, 50% from three, took a lot of threes too, 18 to 36, six rebounds, two assists per game. Like how impressive was his scoring? I was looking up just like the Summer League stats from this year. There are only four players who played in all five games to average 20 points per game. And Ty- Hunter Tyson was the only one of those four guys to do it, but shoot at least 50% from the field. So right. he balled out, man. Like he absolutely balled out. And what I love about Hunter Tyson's game is like, it doesn't feel like there's anything fake about it. He mm-hmm. just goes out there and plays like he can play in any type of lineup. He can do everything. He can pass dribble, shoot score. Def- he can do a little bit of everything, and like what I mean when I say there's nothing fake about it, like he's just who he is, man. He he has his own kind of style, his own kind of flair. He doesn't really care how he looks when he does it, which I just love. His hair's flopping around out there. Like he needs a haircut really badly. <laughs> like no arm sleeves, no he just like puts on his jersey and starts hooping. What? He's in trash. I just kind of love his style and um I just love how he doesn't really care what anybody thinks and just kind of goes out there and hoops.
1: Yeah. He has a little bit of that Christian Brown in him that he just does his job, and he does it at a really high level, and he makes a lot of effort plays. And, again, he cut well in summer league. He would get into his spots well in summer league. And, again, uh, Harrison, I don't think he actually overshot any of those games. Now, he had a couple threes that, you know – were a little contested, but for the most part, if he did get the ball and he found a, an open man in the corner, he was quick to give that ball up. He wasn't putting the ball on the ground a lot. And then if he did, it was very, I'm getting to the rim, getting to the bathroom I'm getting to a spot, or I'm giving the ball up. So he plays a very mature, smart game that I actually think can translate well to being a role player for the Nuggets or in the NBA as a whole. So he really just showed me like an all-around game that I, I again, I wasn't expecting And he had a lot more mobility than I expected as well. Because again, you know, you work up from college basketball in the ACC and then you get to the NBA, even with summer league, you're dealing with a different level of athlete. And so the fact that he was not only able to keep up, but relatively able to dominate at times. And again, his shooting motion, that's one thing, Harrison, it's different being a shooter. And like, you know, you got to get a a set shot. You got to wind up in the NBA. You only got a certain amount of time to get the ball off. I thought Julian did that really well. And I thought mm-hmm. Hunter did that really well. And for him to score, he basically, you know, obviously, uh, Charlie Aspungan put it up earlier today for everybody that I uh, hadn't seen the graphic, but he was the most efficient high volume scorer in Summer League basketball it's this year, which is just hilarious because it
0: came yeah. out of nowhere. It really did. And it came out of nowhere. And he got selected the first team all Summer League. And Alyssa, can you bring up that tweet of first guys to make first team all summer league and just the list of players on that list? Because just on the surface, first team all summer league, you're like, okay, who really cares? But if you actually look at this list and if you could click on like one of the pictures and then um, the other one there, just to zoom in a little, the amount of busts on this list is actually not that high most hmm. of the guys on this list to make first team all summer league at the very least they're players and so like a lot of people you know bring up oh uh, nicholas Skeetish feely won mvp of summer league um for the nuggets back in the day of course he was one of the biggest bust in draft history recently though over the last couple of years you look at the guys who made first team all summer league at the very least like They're guys, they're players. So coming out of summer league, like that's kind of my take. He's going to be a player. And I did not necessarily feel that way heading into summer league. Um, I mean, is that kind of where you're at, where you think he's at least going to be a factor going forward for the Nuggets at at some capacity?
1: You know, what's interesting is I think he'll get his spots early in the season to just get used to playing at NBA speed. But here's the thing. If he's able to come in and defend, and I mean like a defend and rebound, which obviously, you know, Michael Malone, when you're talking about your ninth, 10th, and 11th man, that's what he's looking at. Can you defend? Can you rebound? And can you get to your spot to play smart basketball? If he's able to do that and also able to hit shots, he has a real path to getting quality minutes this season for the Nuggets because the Nuggets are going to need size. They're going to need somebody who's able to, one, make one or two dribbles to get to their spots, to collapse the defense. They're going to need a player to be able to space the floor next to their bench. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, can you interchange and be in lineup with Jokic or Murray, or can you even be a substitution option for Michael Porter Jr.? Like, they have a lot of options that are in front of them in terms of utilizing him, but it really just depends on when he's ready and how quickly he can assimilate to the NBA speed. But I think his skill set shows that there's something there in his rookie year. because again, he's 23 years old that might be valuable for the nuggets going forward. And let me ask you this question, Harrison. So at this point in time, who are you higher on as the Christian Brown guy? So at the end of summer league, would you say you're higher on where Hunter Tyson is right now than what you saw from Christian Brown last summer league?
0: Um, it, Based on what I saw in summer league, yeah, Hunter Tyson kind of blew what Christian Brown did out of the water. Mm. Like, Christian Brown was great defensively. Offensively, you still, still didn't really know what he was. Um, Hunter Tyson, like, offensively, he showed his full bag. Um, but, like, projecting to what the Nuggets need or needed last summer, like, Christian Brown did seem like the perfect fit. Um, and, but it's funny, when you look at the Nuggets bench – doesn't Hunter Tyson's skill set kind of fit exactly what they need on the second unit? If you've got a Reggie Jackson, a Christian Brown, a Peyton Watson, a Zeke Najee, a Vlatko, don't you need like a guy who can dribble past shoot and score and do a little bit of everything at that three. So it that's what I've been thinking about. Like, do I expect them to open the season in the rotation? No. D- do I expect them to, maybe be able to play his way into minutes a month or two into the season. Yeah, I could see that. But his skill set, man, it there's kind of a void, especially on the bench, you know, when it comes to having guys that can do what he does.
1: Right. Do you feel confident that if he was in a situation? So, and I think this is the thing for Malone. All Malone showed in the playoff setting, but obviously in the regular city season, he just doesn't want – a liability defensively. It's all, he will and he showed last year with the bench that if the bench is defensively slanted, that's fine. We just don't want you hemorrhaging points. Do you think based on you seeing from his athleticism, his footwork and his on-ball off-ball IQ so far that he can be a dependable enough player defensively to actually make his minutes work if he does have to play at the 3 or 4 with the bench?
0: Um immediately no. I'm I'm right. not convinced he can be. Because, I mean, there were some possessions where he got absolutely burned. And if you look Mm -hmm. back at Christian Brown's summer league, he didn't really do much offensively in terms of shooting it, creating it. But he did show that, like, the defense was real. So I I don't think I'm ready to quite put Hunter Tyson in that category just because, like, like, the Nuggets needed exactly what Christian Brown did last year. and It's like his defense popped so much. Um, like if if you're putting together a Nuggets bench that you're like, yeah, I want these guys to really score, I want these guys to like really be an actual team, yeah. Like I see I could see Hunter Tyson fitting in from that scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you have? So if all bench lineup, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and then you know, Vlacko, Chanchar, Zeke naji uh, so Hunter Tyson as the opti substitute. So you think he would work really well with either Blocko, you know, if they want to do a smaller, small ball lineup or a Deke, you feel like that'd be a good fit for where he is? Or do you want to say even move him up a little bit and put him at the three?
0: I kind of want to put him at the three, like to be mm-hmm. honest. I think that's the Nuggets view him as a three. They, I think they view him as a small forward. And so that's, that's where I'd want to see him playing. But um, I don't expect it to happen at the beginning of the season. But I mean, he definitely made an impression on the nuggets and Michael Malone, who was like definitely watching every game, of course. So um, we'll certainly see. Um, let's hit first break on the other side. Some more summer league takeaways, Julian Strother, what he had to do, Peyton Watson, um, Jalen Pickett as well. Uh, we'll all get to that on the other side of this break. Guys, Volo sports, the largest source uh, social sports company in the United States. Uh, We've played in a bunch of Volo sports leagues at DNVR, Um, kickball, bowling. I think we're playing in a pickleball league as well. Get set up with the Volo Pass monthly membership programs that gives unlimited access to sports events and social activities every single night. Uh, Unlimited pickups and drop-ins and tournaments, $20 a month, minimum three-month membership or $200 a year. Volo, they got leagues throughout the city, including Lodo, Rhino, Uptown City Park, the Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Englewood, Urbata, Aurora, Northfield, and more. Uh, registration closes Thursday, August 3rd, so sign up before it's too late, get your Volo pass, and start playing in leagues as a free agent today. Uh, make sure to use code DNVR10 for $10 off at volosports.com Denver. That's volosports.com Denver. Also, make sure to check out Kind Love. Kind Love was one of the first dispensaries in Colorado. They're an official partner of DNVR. They were established in 2010, known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. Uh, they have the Turbo Joint, of course, 0. 0.7 grams of whole bud, non-trim, combined with 0. 0.3 grams of Turbo Keef, Ridiculously potent, and significantly smoother than other infused pre-rolls on the market. Uh, you can visit one of the Kind Love stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR when you come in, and get the exclusive DNVR discount, 25% off all Kind Love flower pre rolls and their turbo joint line. Visit their website, kindlove.com, for their full extensive menu and online ordering. All right, back here, DNVR Nuggets Podcast on a Monday. Harrison Wind and Swipe, but make sure to follow Swipe on Twitter at swipe cam you've definitely seen him his stuff all over twitter all over youtube he's in every twitter space uh ever that, that that that's a fact so make sure to check him out and uh follow along let's go to uh julian strother swiper you brought him up for a second though and um i think my biggest takeaway from J- julian strother at summer league is that i think he's going to be more than just a shooter that's kind of how he was um described in the draft but i feel like i saw that he wants to be at least more of a shooter he shot 40 percent from the field only 30 only 34 from three at summer league but his first three games he was only six of 29 from three then he kind of caught fire his last two games he shot nine of 18 really? i love how many threes he attempted i, I love that he just kept firing them up even though he was missing earlier i love how hard he played and again i think my biggest takeaway is that maybe he's not just going to be a shooter not not just going to be a three point specialist he can get to the floater seems like he wants to guard people transition he should be a good player so i like the the all around game that i felt like julian there flashed
1: yeah and i think the thing that was most impressive for me he committed To playing defense and that was the thing that i was hoping to see and i think a lot of nuggets fans were because again you're not playing for michael Malone unless you're committed to doing that and from game one he showed he's willing to put in real effort to cover his man and also just even navigating screens and stuff so he really showed a lot i think that julian uh as another two guard option or three even uh in some other lineup man like his ability to be able to stretch the floor is just a threat. His existence on the basketball court and how that's going to fundamentally change what the offense is able to do and how the defense has to guard them. And again, Hunter Tyson and him, when they were playing together, just their spacing ability and then even their penetration. Now, I think as Julian gets older, as he gets better, navigating that penetration better, meaning getting all the way to the rim or creating other spots for your teammates, that playmaking, I think all of that will continue to get better as the year goes on and as he plays more. But, Harris, like, the floater was lethal. The shot form looks lethal. And I don't know if – did you get a chance to listen to uh, Michael Porter Jr.
0: Uh, talk to Taylor Rooks the other day? I have not caught that podcast, no.
1: Yeah, it was really good. But one of the things he he brought up was the difference between a push shot and, a, and like, a shooter. So, like, a push shooter, like your Steph Curry or Trey Young. And then he talked about himself, like a Clay Thompson, like, Jokic even or like mpj what when you're a, a shooter like when you like you shoot the ball like you don't have the ability to have the range because just the distance on the ball and how it goes but what it does is the repetition meaning you can shoot that ball the same way at three in mid-range or wherever else on the court but for mm-hmm. a push shooter like julian strother his range is going to be what helps him similar to how it helped bones Highland. the bones Highland was also a push shooter as well but i think Dare I say, he might even have a little bit better shot discipline than Bones because he does, he's not as on-ball dominant. But I think having him and having Hunter, I think that's going to give them significant, like, lineup advantages that they could use in their favor. And I think Julian's ability to really make the defense make some really critical decisions. And even you saw in the game they blew out, the, they beat the Heat, and then they played the Knicks. Like, his ability to be able to get to those spots and knock down tight, contested reads, I think it's going to be really good for the Nuggets.
0: Yeah. And um, that was a great comment brought up just a second ago because I think it said that Hunter Tyson had the most three-pointers made at Summer League. Julian Strother had the second most. And if you look at what the Nuggets did last year from three, they only averaged 31 three-point attempts per game. That was 25th in the NBA, but they were fourth in percentage and talking to people around the team, man. I think they are going to start to take more and more threes as each season happens here. I think they're going to take significantly more threes per game this coming year than they took last year. And just having guys like Hunter Tyson and Julian Strother who are just going to let it fly, particularly Julian Strother, like he is he is a shooter in every sense of the word. Like he, he is going to be a sniper in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I, I just think organizationally, there's this thinking of we need to take more threes and having a guy like Strother who he's never going to lack for confidence. He's always going to let it fly. He does have that similar frame of mind that bones highlanded where like no three is too deep. Although it does kind of feel different when Bones was taking him off the dribble compared to right. when Strother's taking him off the catch. It feels yep. a little better when Strother's taking him, I got to say. But, um, I mean, I just have so much confidence that he is going to be a good shooter. Like, he is mm-hmm. going to be a three-point shooter in the NBA. Even when he was missing threes his first couple games, I was like, this guy's going to be a shooter. Like, he he just is. Like, th- these types of guys, th- they don't miss as shooters, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, and again, his form is the thing that I pay most attention to this early in the stage in development. And again, his form is pretty. It's a very quick release shot that starts at his chest and then it ends above his head. But just his ability to be able to get to that shot and rely on the same technique over and over and over again, that's the kind of stuff that bodes well. Uh, Even like, you know, you look at old Kyle Korver highlights or J.J. Redick highlights. It's the fact that they were just able to do it as many times as they wanted that made them transformational shooters. And obviously Ray Allen, who's at the top of the list, you know, Steph Curry and, you know, Clay Thompson and all that. So I think he could be an archetype for that. But again, he's six foot six Harrison, but he showed he's willing to commit to the defensive end. So I think for both him and Hunter Tyson, they were able to maybe start to lean the narrative in their favor, that they're willing to grow into being two way players off the bench.
0: Yeah. Who do you think is um, more NBA-ready, or how would you rank the three for draft picks this year in terms of their NBA readiness, in terms of Tyson, Strother, and Jalen Pickett?
1: Let me know what you think when I say this, by the way. So I think Hunter Tyson, surprisingly – I think Hunter Tyson plays like a role player, if that makes sense. Like he doesn't play like somebody sense. trying to be star. Okay. I would actually say I think I think Jalen might be more ready for his role than Julian is right now, but I just think he's a little bit more advanced. I think his he's a little more simplified as the point guard, and I think because he has to make the decisions, he knows he has to get the team involved, and so I think he's a little bit more decisive at times. I think Julian, the shooter, I don't think there's a gap, but I think Julian's a shooter who has to be set up, and then he's also working on how to get to a spot, get to the rim. I would say right now, I think the way I would have it ranked is Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. And I think Julian Strother, that probably would be how I have them ranked. What do you think about that?
0: I'd have it ranked the same way. I mean, clearly Hunter Tyson, number one, I think after this summer league, I think clearly Jalen Pickett, number two, I think clearly Julian Strother three. Um, Like that's, that's pretty easy for me after summer league, but um yeah i'm I'm intrigued by strather I, I think he's gonna play the fewest minutes out of you know those three this coming season, but um his his skill set is something that I think is gonna help the nuggets in the future. Do you feel any more confident in Colin um no, I'm kind of lower on Colin than a lot of people. I feel like um what do you think about him? Uh, yeah I think he.
1: I don't know what he does at, like what it, what is his best skill set at, at the NBA level. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, because I think Jalen's shown the pick and roll game, getting downhill. He kind of has a little Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry to him. Like when he does get into a lot roll, of it. Yeah. Right. He's he's able just to kind of weave, navigate, get to a spot. Now he doesn't have that like patented Chris Paul bait away, you know, I'm gonna hit this over Joker eight times in the second round of the playoff kind of shot yet. But even mm-hmm. his three point shooting, I think I was legitimately surprised how well he was able to shoot the three ball, even though, like, it's just his form doesn't communicate to me, shooter. But he was able to hit some of those shots and even some of them that were contested. So I just think his ability to be decisive with the ball, get downhill, play a little booty ball if he needs to, and then even be able to come off as a shooter at mid range. I just think that he just has a little bit more. Uh, like a little bit more like zestiness to him, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think like Collins' game is like being a true point guard, and those are there aren't that many of those in the NBA right now. And I think you looked at him as like, oh, he can be like an old school true point guard, yeah, take care of the ball, set the offense up, do a little bit of everything. He was like peskier, peskier on defense in summer league than I thought he'd be. Like, that was my biggest takeaway from him at summer league is like, wow, this guy will get down and guard and like Mm -hmm. be a pest and get some steals and pressure his guy full court. That's not the player I saw him being, but like, that's who he was at summer league. And I think you got to give him a little bit of, um, a little bit of a pass coming off the injury and like, he hasn't really played in a year and, and stuff like that, but I mean, Jalen Pickett's clearly jumped them, and it just took like a month for that to happen.
1: (laughs) Do you – so you think that's going to be the point guard battle going into training camp? It's going to be between uh, Jalen and between Reggie?
0: Well, I think Reggie Jackson's going to be in pole position, and I think he's going to be the guy to start the year. Um, If he keeps playing well, I think he'll continue to be the guy. If he doesn't, then I think they'll see what Jalen Pickett can do. But I, I think there are people in the front office who are very confident about Jalen Pickett being able to play NBA minutes this coming season.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm excited for him, man. I think he's going to – I'm actually really curious to see him next to some of the starters. I think he's going to be a – if he's able to defend well enough, I think he actually can going to have a really lot, a lot of quality minutes as the regular mm-hmm. season goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think of Jalen Pickett? Um, I, you mentioned his shot a second ago, and I think people knocked him for his shot because he just didn't like to shoot a lot in college. Right. Right. But I agree. Like, his, his shot looked great at Summer League, I thought. Um, reliable, consistent. When he went to it, he knocked it down. Uh, are, are you How much higher are you on Jalen Pickett after what you saw from him at Summer League?
1: Yeah, I mean, I compared him coming out to Kyle Lowry. Now, he's not, he more than likely won't be like a five straight all star player like Kyle was, but he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, like a ground bound player. He doesn't have a lot of explosiveness. Like, he's not like rim running and dunking on people like CP3 was, you know, in the 2008 season on Dwight Howard and all that stuff. Like, he doesn't have that kind of explosiveness, but he's strong. He's smart. And he actually, again, has a decent shot. And so when you have a good shot, you can dribble pretty well, and then you can be a little bit decisive with the ball. I just think those players are really valuable. And if you can defend, so you're able to defend, able to play pick and roll, and you're able to get people involved for a backup point guard, that's it. That's literally all you need. So if he can do that well this year, he has a bright future this season.
0: Yeah. Look, I think there's a scenario where he plays – well. He can play himself into the rotation, but it would also be Reggie Jackson playing Jalen Pickett into the rotation. <laughs> Reggie Jackson just is the guy he was last year. And I, I want to give Reggie Jackson a chance because I want to give him the opportunity to spend a full offseason with the Nuggets, have training camp with Denver, be with the team from the start of the season, coming over as a buyout guy and being on a short leash, it's tough now. Like he was terrible. Like he was really bad last year, but I want to give him a shot. That being said, like if he's bad, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Pickett is playing. Like I've got to think Mike Malone's going to love him. He plays yeah. like a mature game. Um, he's smart. He doesn't really turn it over. He had 28 assists, only 10 turnovers at summer league, which is really yeah. good for a rookie. Um, so I'm intrigued, man. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what happens going forward with him. All right, let's hit another break. On the other side, the Nuggets signed another two-way player, Jay Huff. Kind of intrigued. Kind of intrigued, got to say. Uh, and then we'll also get to swipe his five storylines that he's got his eye on heading into training camp in a couple months. Uh, we will get to that on the other side of this. Guys, if you need tickets to concerts, shows, sporting events, make sure to check out the GameTime app. Use code DNVR for $20 off. Create an account. Uh, download the GameTime app. Use code DNVR. $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. But again, if you create an account, redeem code DNVR, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase on the GameTime app. Uh, GameTime is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. It's super easy to use. We use it at a Summer League. We've used it for Nuggets games, Avs games. It's great if you're in Denver. Concerts, shows, sporting events, whatever you need. GameTime is the place for tickets and especially last-minute tickets as well. If you don't know if you want to go to an event, they've got these great last-minute price drops where you can just kind of monitor monitor the app and right before games start, there's these huge price drops. You can get in on that with GameTime. But again, download the GameTime app, create an account, use code dnvr for $20 off your first purchase that's on the game time app also make sure to check out breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr and it's the summer so make sure you got the mountain beach sour in hand if you don't know if you don't know where to get breck brew check out the breck brew beer locator breckenridgebrewery.com just type in your zip code tells you where to get breck brew and the mountain beach sour uh, no matter where you are Check out some of our other favorites as well. Uh, the Avalanche Amber, the Juice Drop, IPA, good company, hard seltzers too. Uh, but make sure to check out the Mountain Beach Sour from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right, back here. DNVR Nuggets podcast on a Monday. Harrison Wynn joined by Swipa. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at acam. Jay Huff is the Nuggets' newest two-way signee. That news came down yesterday. Here's the skinny on Jay Huff. 25 years old, center, seven-footer, spent the last two seasons in the G League, Lakers and Wizards, played with the Rockets for a couple games at Summer League, then shut it down. He was the defensive player of the year in the G League last year. He was also all G-League first team last year, all G-League defensive first team, the G-League leader in blocks, averaged almost three blocks per game. Are you excited by this guy at all, Or Does does this guy get the juices flowing at all for you? Let me
1: see. Michael Malone, seven-foot backup center. Uh, Yeah, I mean, great talent. Um, You know, he's he's young. He's seven-foot-two with shoes on in his measurements, seven-foot- uh, and a half without them, uh, and then on top of that, you know, he has very long arms, seven foot two length, and then Channing Reese is nine six. He's an athletic player. He can be a good rim runner, vertical spacer, all that great stuff. Do you mm-hmm. do you see any Isaiah Hartenstein in this game? What, what you watched it all?
0: I saw Brooke Lopez. Okay, I you saw Brooke what? Lopez. In you saw
1: Brooke Lopez. <laughs> 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 Please help me out. Help me understand
0: Harrison. Take us on on the tour. I mean he blocks shots and shoot th- shoots threes. Like I-, I don't think he'll be Brooke Lopez. I'm sure he likely won't be anything in the NBA, but like that was my first thought, Brooke Lopez. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. If they could get a uh, Walmart or an Audi version
0: of Brook Lopez off the Yeah, bench, what's that the would lowest be... version of that you could think of? Yeah.
1: <laughs> a dollar a dollar store from Brooke Lopez. Yeah, there that's that's got. no problem. Yeah, for eight to ten minutes a game. Uh, and again, you know, maybe DeAndre Jordan's not working out and they want to go with the backup and then maybe the team they're playing, they play really big at the center position and need to play big at the backup position. So again, you know, we'll see if he, if now I will say if he can be a competent backup center and give you competent minutes, this is the most, this is the most short up and they've been at that box since that 2018, 19 year. I don't even count the 2019, 20 year because obviously Mason Plumlee and Anthony Davis hit a three in Jokic's face and forever now Lakers fans are saying he'd hit that shot over Jokic. Um. <laughs> so I would say I would hope he can get it done, but I'm also not like Michael Malone doesn't play traditional centers all that all that often uh, behind Joker, yeah. and, and and at least give them a lot of run when it comes to that. Because Thomas Bryant? We saw Isaiah Hartenstein. We saw Boogie Cousins. Was that was Boogie Cousins the center that we saw the most outside of Mason Plumlee?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, easily, I think just on a per game basis. Yeah, for sure. Right, so I, I don't know I don't I don't know if he's, I don't think he's gonna play all that much, but he's
1: actually he's a prospect I think that could have some 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 additives for the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a shot blocker first and foremost. Like that's it, that's what he does. Like I said, averaged almost three blocks per game in the G League. He had one game with eight blocks. He had a game with seven blocks. A game with six blocks. He had eight games with five blocks, and he also shot forty percent from three on low attempts, but I mean, his shot looks good. His shot looks smooth. He shot 77% from the line as well. So he's got a great l- release for a big man. And look, are the odds that he's going to be anything other than a two-way guy and then probably go to another team next year or the year after that, like that's probably what the odds are. But I think Calvin boots philosophy and building this roster is like, I'm not trying to find the next, like, superstar on a two-way contract i just want to find a guy who if i have to play for five or ten games because deandre jordan got hurt or god forbid nicole Jokic got hurt and i need to start deandre and i need somebody behind him like i need a in case of emergency big man like i think that's kind of the prototype that jay huff is i don't think he's gonna hit like i don't think he's gonna be brooke lopez but i think he could give you five games if needed. And I kind of yep. think that's the approach they went in to get him and Braxton Key, the other guy on a two-way contract that they just signed the other day too.
1: Who are you more excited about between the two? The six foot eight swing forwards or Jay Huff?
0: Probably Jay Huff, just because like I could see the the difference making skill, the blocking shots, shooting threes Bra- Braxton Key just seems like just like really just another guy. <laughs> like, like, really just another guy right. on the wing who, who like they could go to if they really, really needed to. What about you? Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I think a six foot eight athlete, I'm always intrigued by those. Um, but also to be fair, um, I was intrigued by Aminu and Mo Harclitch at one point. So, you know, i played it with a grain of salt. Um, I think that they had like their moments, could, they, they, they had did their moments, they did, and again, when the Nuggets had none of those players and the Portland Trailers had two, they looked really good. So, I think that like he could turn into again a rotational player, but I don't really see him being any better than Justin Holiday would. But I think he's another option they can go to if they suffer you know, from wing injuries. But I think they're, I think they're smart, they're, they're shoring up positions that in case they did have somebody go down, small forward and then center then do I at least be able to have some viable replacements in there for some of those backups.
0: Yeah. Also, Jay Huff, Braxton Key, both teammates on the Virginia National Championship winning team in 2019. Mm. And then Colin Gillespie won a championship at Villanova in 2018. Uh, we know Calvin Booth loves winners, and he just put three NCAA champions on his three two-way spots. So he he definitely loves winners.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants he has a culture in
0: mind. He wants to build that culture. So fully support that. Get it? Yeah. Um, I want to move on to some storylines for the Nuggets exiting the summer, heading into training camp. Um, I want your top five storylines for this team. The top five questions. The top five things you're thinking about heading into next season. What's What's at the top of your mind? What's kind of the most burning storyline that you think about this team at this right. current moment where the roster sits heading into next year? Right. So
1: great. You asked Harrison. Swipe his top five storyline for the Denver Nuggets heading into the next season. Uh, Harris, Harrison, number one is Jamal Murray's leap. How real is Jamal Murray's leap and what can we expect from him now? Last 40 games or so of the regular season averaged about 23 points a game, seven assists, shot 42% from three on eight attempts a game, by the way. And then in the playoff, goes crazy, 26-7-5, and five, basically. Uh, and he shoots 39% from three because of a bad stretch versus the heat. Uh, then he shoots 93% from the free throw line. So, for mm-hmm. me, it's like, is his leap. Jamal Murray is eligible for a contract extension this season for off season for three years, 144, which is about 48 mil a year. But if he makes third team all NBA next year, he can get that Jalen Brown supermax. So I think yeah. Jamal Murray has personal and team incentive in order to take that leap as a player. And I think this could potentially end up being that Jamal Murray season. Everybody's kind of been waiting on where it's like, man, he, is he a top 15 player in the league? Like, just all together or to just playoffs. I think he has that kind of run
0: that he might be able to put on the table. So happy you brought that up, man, because I cannot wait to watch Jamal Murray in the regular season next year. I feel like he's obviously, he obviously was waiting for the playoffs, you know, for two years, he missed two playoff runs, but I just get the feeling he's more motivated than ever, even after winning a championship. And just mm-hmm. more out to prove people wrong than he ever has been. Even though he just won a ring. That's the sense I get. Like, I feel like that fire is still burning inside him. I feel like he still thinks he's so underrated. I threw this take out on the podcast last week. I could see this team like kind of becoming Jamal Murray's team a little bit in the regular season because like, we know how Nikola Jokic wants to take this regular season. And right. we we know how he wants to ease into it, take his foot off the gas last couple of months so he's good for the playoffs, dominate when he needs to. I could see this team kind of centering itself around Jamal a little bit throughout the regular season just because he's going to be so motivated night in, night out.
1: Question. Let me ask you this. Who do you think the nugget is that's going to be the most hungry after winning the championship? Who's going to have the most hunger in
0: their play this season after Jamal because it's it's Jamal for me right. for sure right after him that's a good question I wonder if it's I I mean it'd be great if it was Michael Porter it'd be great if it was Michael Porter Aaron Gordon I'm not sure yeah, so
1: my number two on this list, Harrison, is Michael Porter Jr.'s ascension. If you remember, remember when Michael Porter uh that 2020 20, 21 year, I think he averaged 19 and 7. He had a 64% true shooting. I think he shot 43% from three on like seven attempts a game. Um, mm-hmm. and then when Murray went down, like that last 18 games, I think he was around about 23 and a half points a game. So a uh, great efficiency. I think he shot 54-44-80 splits over that stretch. So, Michael Porter, last time healthy, we saw him absolutely go off, and he carried the team next to Joker. For me, he has a healthy offseason. He's a champion. All the narratives were out of the window. He played great defense in the playoff. Michael Porter's ascension could become a, is Michael Porter Jr. an all-star this year kind of conversation. So, I think that is. Definitely on the table, but that's just a mm-hmm. matter of how well he's able to continue to integrate himself, but on stick on the other side of that, does he get the opportunity necessary to make that happen
0: yeah I like what, what you're thinking there. I think what you ended with is is where I'm at. Is he going to get the opportunity? because I could kind of see Michael Porter jr's role on the nuggets and what he's allowed to do being almost exactly the same to what it was last year, you know, just with the starting five that they have with, I mean, we, we could talk ourselves into like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if MPJ staggered with the bench? Wouldn't it be great if they let him handle the ball a little more? Like, I just don't know if that stuff is going to happen, you know? So I'm, I'm here for the MPJ ascension. I'm here for him to level up. I just, I just, don't know if I see it happening with how this team is constructed and how it's coached. I don't know if I right. see it happening from that respect.
1: Right. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out. You know, I think that if they could find a way to expand the offense away from Joker and Jamal, and they could bring him into the fold, maybe a little bit more. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think that could really, really take this team to a next level to where it's like, bro, there's just no chance. There's no chance you're beating this team.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's hit another break. On the other side, I want to get your other three storylines heading into next season. Right after this, you guys, take on the sun with gear built to last at Shady Rays. Uh, Shady Rays—they hooked us up when we were out in Vegas for Summer League last week. Uh, if you saw us at Stadium Swim, we all had our Shady Rays on because we were literally in the sun. Uh, it was 120 degrees out. We're at the pool. If it's summer, if you're going to Vegas, if you're if you're anywhere in the summer, Colorado, like you need Shady Rays. So this is exclusively for our listeners. They're giving out their best deal of the season for DNVR members. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses, rated five stars by 250,000 people. If you just go to their website, ShadyRays.com, browse their selection. Man, they got, a, they got a style for everybody. Very similar to some of those overpriced brands that you've probably been wearing. And the coolest part about Shady Rays is if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with them. So, shadyrays.com, use the code DNVR, 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. All right, back here, final segment DNVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind here on a Monday. With my guy Swiper, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Cam, his YouTube channel as well. Weekends with Swiper, Mile High Sports. What are your other top storylines for this offseason, Yeah,
1: Number three, maybe the most important non-star question. Is Peyton Watson ready for more? Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to make – this is honestly going to make or break, I think, the Nuggets' level of desperation at the trade deadline, the Nuggets feeling comfortable going into the playoffs, the Nuggets' defensive ceiling. If Peyton Watson doesn't, and let's say he doesn't, let me say the negative first. If he's not able to play defense consistently, be locked in with his IQ well enough, can't play make at all, and his shooting stays terrible, 20%, 25%, they're going to be in a world of trouble because he is literally – the central thing that's holding their title chances together on the bench. But if Peyton's able to grow his game, be a decent level bench playmaker to hit his spot up threes at like a 36% rate, which is not crazy, 36 to 37%. And then on top of that, he plays the defense. We saw him play and he, and he really gets even better because he's older, more physically mature. He's smarter. If he's able to take his game, to the next level and become a level near what Bruce Brown was, but the difference is he's a six foot eight wing with a seven foot wingspan on top of that with rim protection capabilities. I think Peyton Watson has a chance to take this team to like, bro, I really don't want to play Denver today. I just don't feel like dealing with all these athletes, all these long defenders, and they're so strong. I just don't want to deal with them. I think Peyton Watson has an opportunity to be a really big piece of that.
0: Yeah. I think Peyton Watson is the swing piece between, oh, like the Nuggets, you know, they're obviously the title favorites, but maybe the West has caught up to to them a little bit. Phoenix got better. The Lakers might've gotten a little better. Like it, it, you know, it's still going to be a battle for the West, but the Nuggets are, are the favorites. If Peyton Watson really hits, I think that jumps up to like, Oh, the Nuggets are going to go 16 and four in the playoffs again next season. Like if he hits man, the Nuggets will be again, an absolutely dominant team because he's exactly the type of piece that they need off their bench. That being said, like I've, I've heard a lot of people with your take that like they need him to be that guy or they need him to be a player. I don't think they absolutely need him to be. I think they can get by if he's not. It would be great if he is, but um, I feel like it'd be awesome if he pops this season. It'd be awesome if he plays the Christian Brown role, but I'm just not 100% sure that it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I think they'll be okay. Um, But I am with you, man. Like Peyton Watson is absolutely – top of the top of the charts in terms of intriguing storylines and just kind of looking at what the next iteration of this team could be.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Honestly. What'd you think of the summer league? You know, a little messy, but that's okay. Like, you know, Hey Peyton, can you get on ball dribble, try to play make and try to get to the basket. And also if you have a three pointer just shoot it, whenever you have an opportunity, I think that was his instruction. That's what it felt like. So I think from a playmaking standpoint, yeah, he lost the ball a couple times in the crowd. He doesn't have the crispest handle in the world. But he also yeah. was able to do it effectively enough to where it's like, yeah, there's legitimate opportunity for him to grow into an on-ball player. He just needs time, training, development, and game situation to kind of work that out. So I was happy with it. And, again, Peyton, what was it, game one? What was he, what was he 12 or 13 from the free throw line?
0: Yeah, I think that was game two maybe. Yeah. Who was he trying it was to talk one, it on was one people? of the two. He, he was <laughs> – it, oh, maybe that was game one because he was trying to dunk on taco fall. That's what it was. That's exactly what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. So again, Peyton, I think,
1: I, I think the thing I'm gonna, we're going to miss most about Bruce is his rim pressure and like his finishing. I think Peyton has the ability to get there, but I just think he just has to, that's just like a level of decisiveness that he has to tap into more, but I think he can, I really do.
0: Yeah. I came out of some really being like, yeah, he can definitely play 10 to 15 minutes and then if he really plays well you can up his role as the season goes on but i feel like i saw enough to to feel confident he can you know play that 10 to 15 minute spot per night
1: do you think he'd be a better defender so if you had to choose like closing lineup you know uh Jamal KTP Payton uh AG Jokic or Jamal KTP Brown AG Jokic which one of those do you think has a higher defensive ceiling
0: oh Christian Brown right now easily I think so. Easily. Yeah. I mean Pwat man, like he um he can be a disruptor and like total defensive weapon. But I was right. kind of like he's kinda of getting blown by a lot. So um mm-hmm. I mean he he has all the tools. He has all the he tools. kinda has that that uh Tory Craig. Remember Tory used to have to
1: rust yeah. all the time? Yeah. Yeah, he has a little yeah. bit of that. Jaden McDaniels has a little bit of that in the system. But they I think the thing is they're so big. They're just like, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, they can. They can. Yeah, they, can right they can recover and then just send it back at the rim. So right. Yeah. No, for sure. I, right. Right now, Christian, but Payton's a different type of defender. You know, he he is longer. He is more yeah. of that shot blocker at the rim. Um. I mean, together, like, that's an awesome pairing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm gonna miss those Bruce Brown minutes with him at the helm when they were both on the court with him. Um,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, so, point four, like in terms of top five storylines, is mm-hmm. point guard play. I'm not. I, I look, man. Um, I've been around a lot of Clippers fans. I've watched a lot of Clipper games. People, they're not that high on Reggie Jackson. You know, again, he's a good player, they're really not. good dude. Um, but man, like Reggie Jackson, your main option off the bench, secondary ball handler, secondary creator, shooter pick and roll game, mid-range shooter, three-point shooter, get to the rim, create, play, make, defend. Oh, boy. I mean, if he if he does it, then it's going to be a godsend. It really will be. Um, but, yeah, if he doesn't, I really wonder who's ready to take that role because if they don't find it in him and then they don't also find it in Jalen, then they're going to be in a situation where they need to make a trade. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt that he can do it. He has played really well at a high level. Um, but you have to do it consistently, so we'll see if you can.
0: Man, I was talking to somebody with the Nuggets at Summer League, and I was like, who do you think is going to be the backup point guard like midway through the season? And they were like, Jalen Pickett. <laughs> Just no, like like there was nothing to it. Jalen Pickett. So I, I, the Nuggets love Jalen Pickett. They're convinced he's going to be a player. I think they also believe Reggie Jackson's definitely going to be better than he was last year. Yeah. Um so like I said earlier, I want to give Reggie the benefit of the doubt. Like coming over mid-season to a contender is tough. Not a lot of guys succeed in that situation, it just historically. Um but I mean the bottom line is he just might not be that good anymore.
1: Right. Yeah, we're going to have to see for sure. I mean, he had that 20 – what was that 2021 season, 2022 season? He had 28 points and 12 assists versus the Nuggets in Denver. I don't know if you remember that game. That was the uh, Aaron Gordon three game in the corner. So, Mm, yeah. He definitely has it in his bag, man. But, yeah, I just – I really need to see it. I'm
0: not very confident, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, Nor should you be, you know. Um, what, What do you got for number five? Will the
1: Nuggets take the regular season seriously is my last storyline. <laughs> are we going to be here? Harrison win. The man with the wind in his hair. Post-game, DNVR breakdown. The Nuggets are playing versus the Spurs in, in December. Harrison says, you know what? They just played like they didn't want to be here tonight. I don't know what to tell you. Is that going to be the conversation? Or is it going to be, I'm not going to lie, the Nuggets are they're 18-3 and three to start the year off. And they look like they're going to be trying to push for 65 wins. Like how serious are they going to take this year? And are they going to be in such a dominant place where they're basically like, look, we're going to come out. We're going to execute at a high level every game. And by the fourth quarter, we're trying to walk you out the door and say, like, look, we're up 20, we're up 15. There's three minutes left. Go ahead. You know, cut the lights out. Go home early. Jokic, you're getting 34 minutes, 32 minutes a game because we're just going to try to steamroll people. Um, I really want to know like how intense they're going to be and really how good they'll be in a regular season.
0: Honestly, man, I think it's going to be really similar to last year. I really do, just in terms of the ebbs and flows of the season. I think the beginning of the year, they're going to start out and you're going to be like, all right, what is this team doing? <laughs> like, I feel like the beginning of next season, they could really ease into it. I mean, they were – I'm looking at the schedule right now. They were 10-7 and through their first 17 games last year. I can see a similar thing happening. End of the year, taking their foot off the gas, I can see the exact same thing happening. I would be surprised if it doesn't, to be honest, just because they know they can flip the switch again. Beginning of the season – or middle of the season, I think they'll be dominant. So, I – I think there will be a lot of the similar ebbs and flows that there were last year. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be pissed off in the post game lounges. But I think at the end of the day, the regular season just really is not going to matter to this team that much other than a couple of big storylines like Peyton Watson's development, like the bench, like what's happening at backup point guard, but the Big bullet points—the stuff that actually like is going to matter—I think we already know what it is with this team, and I think the regular season is going to go kind of similar to how it did last year.
1: Question: So, remember Memphis game? They were forty-four and nineteen after on March third. Do you do you foresee them hitting that mark again, or do you think they're going to be underneath that or over that by that by that time of the year?
0: Um, I would say they're. 'Cause they were first in the or they them and the Grizzlies they were, were they tied were, for were, first in the West.
1: Nah, yeah, that was that was the they took over first in December, but it was after the March third game. They were they had a seven game lead for first. Right, right, and basically right, from right, there, right. they were just like they just coasted.
0: I think it will be closer this year. I think the West will be closer this year than it was last year. Okay. So I'll say under that. Yeah.
1: Man, just because of the parity,
0: or because the Nuggets are just like, I really don't want to be here today. Both, both. Okay, I think I got you. I think you look at a team like the Suns, like they're going to be a really good regular season team. I think the Lakers as well. Um, I think this it's going to be similar last year. We're just like there's a lot of quality teams, and I don't think Denver is going to get the separation it did last regular season. I just mm. don't like. But I, I that doesn't mean I think their championship hopes are necessarily lower. I just don't think they're gonna take the regular season that seriously. I don't. But what about the in season NBA tournament, Harrison? <laughs> um I think that um Peyton Watson might play forty minutes a game in that. And I hope he does. <laughs> really? Like I feel like that could be a a thing where the nuggets are like, all right, let's just give our young guys, big game experience, big game experience. You know, how many, how
1: many of those games, by the way, count towards the actual record for
0: the season? I think it's, I think it's all of them except the final two, right? Yeah. The semifinals or the the semifinals and the final game. All right. Okay. All right. Swipe. Thanks for jumping on with me today uh love talking shop with you and um what do you have cooking what do you have coming up to let the people know about
1: man we got a bunch of stuff happening man i, I got some really cool content i'm trying to get y'all everybody ready for prepped up for uh, by the fall man just trying to get everything put in place for it man trying to be big and um got some special stuff coming up so for sure obviously support DNBR. um i'll be in denver uh What is this? uh, Late August for a while, man. So I definitely have to pull through and and, and say what's up to my people, man. So uh, it's going to be a good summer, brother. All
0: right. Uh, Make sure to follow him on Twitter at swipeacam. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with another guest. Talk to you guys then.